0: at the start of a new year, 2024. I remember, because I grew up, you know, in the 60s. That's my teen years, really, as a young kid back in the 60s. And, you know, somebody would have said, you're going to be alive and doing whatever in 2024. I would have thought, I'm in Star Trek, like you're zooming me out into some (laughs) outer space somewhere. And then I thought... For those of you in my age group, in my generation, there was a song that became a hit number one song in 1969, and do you know, Susan shaking her head, it was called In the Year 2525. How many of you remember that song? If man is still alive, if woman can survive, you may find, and it's like Wow, I'm almost here. You know, And that song, I actually went back and listened to the lyrics in that song. You might do that whenever you get home if you haven't heard that song. (laughs) It was amazing to me that this became a number one song in 1969 with the words that it had. Because it goes on like progressing a thousand years at a time in the year 3535. And it's basically outlining what's going to happen to civilization through technology. Like you're basically going to just have machines working for you, and you're going to pick your baby through the bottom of a test tube. And, and uh, yeah, I thought this song was kind of prophetic in, in 1969, considering where AI is taking us today. And then it, it goes on, like in the year 7510, if God's a coming, he ought to make it by then. <laughs> Maybe he'll look around himself and say, guess it's time for the judgment day. I mean, those are pretty righteous words. To hit the number one spot, it said, for six, six weeks, for people to be singing those, that song. And so I thought, here we are, at, you know, here we are at the start of 2024. We're on our way into a new year, and time marches on. But it's, as I was reading those words, it was like, but Lord, please, you can't wait till 7510, like, to come back. <laughs> it can't be, No. So let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us this morning. Father, we thank you for our life in you, Lord. And we do look forward to everything that you have for us in 2024. Because when we're walking with you, as we keep our eyes fixed on you, you do say that our path will shine brighter and brighter into that perfect day. And so our desire is to know you. Our desire is to be a bolder witness for you, Lord, to the people around us in this lost and troubled and dark world. Father, I pray that you would give us each ears to hear your voice, Holy Spirit, this morning. Teach us and then help us, Lord, to not just be hearers because your word says it's the doers then of what they hear that become blessed. Help us to have receptive and open hearts and follow and obey your leading Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, in prayer, the last, I don't know, maybe a month or so, six weeks or so, here at church, uh, Tuesday morning, I lead prayer on Tuesday morning, and it just seemed as though I felt like the Holy Spirit kept bringing this word. uh, As I was thinking about the new year and just thinking about our lives, thinking about you all, and it was like this word habit kept coming to my mind, and he kept I felt like he was impressing upon my heart, like one new habit. If people will do one new habit this year, a habit that will draw you closer to the Lord, because there are habits that we could begin that by the end of the year, they're not taking you closer to the Lord. We're talking about the Holy Spirit saying, if you will do one new habit, a small habit, it could be something small that draws you closer to God. For instance, I mean, you could say coming to church could be a new habit for some. Because many people come to church, skip, 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 come to church, skip, skip, skip. If you come to church regularly, what God could do and teach you in your life. Or if you do, like we are saying, read through the New Testament. We're going to have some testimonies in the next couple of weeks of people who have read through the Bible and the significant change that has happened in their life. Do you know many people call themselves Christians but have never read the book that actually defines the purpose for your life? We must become familiar with this book. And so reading, you can say, I'm going to start this new habit. I'm going to join with the church group and I'm going to read through the New Testament this year. Or like come to prayer. I believe the Holy Spirit's prompting people to come to prayer. Jesus said my house will be called a house of prayer. I know he's prompting people. Maybe you'd say I'm going to take up that habit. I'm going to start to come. And I'm going to make it a habit to come regularly. Who knows what you will hear and be able to see. And you know, put the pieces together in your life for what God wants to do in your life. Or just it could be anything. A daily devotional that you do. In addition to the New Testament, it could be a decision that I'm going to give. I'm going to actually start to tithe. I'm going to give I'm going to be more generous with my money. Or I'm going to hang out with more believers because our friendships do matter. We're going to make a habit to hang out with the people of God, believers. Even if it feels a little uncomfortable at first, I know scripture tells me to do it. So I'm going to hang out. I'm going to make it a habit to hang out. Say, I'm going to make a habit to come to the women's study once a month or the men's study or youth. I'm going to make a habit to come regularly and believe that God is going to show me things that I haven't seen. Because holding on to some simple God-honoring habits in your life will slowly change, I'm convinced of it, the, the trajectory of your life. It'll absolutely change the whole trajectory of your life because this is on our screen. The habits you have today will shape who you will become tomorrow. You need to remember that the habits that you have today are shaping and will shape who you will become tomorrow. You know, I look back over my life and it's been about 35 years or so that Steve and I got serious about following the Lord, getting into—I had never read the Bible up until that point. Had been in a church, grew up Catholic, Lutheran. You know, we tried a number of denominational churches searching for—you know, at the time I didn't really even know what—I just knew there was more to God. And if I look back over my life for the past 35 years almost of walking with the Lord— And wanting to get more serious about knowing him. There were some new habits. I look back and I think, yeah, we developed some new habits in our life. And the number one habit that we developed was to read the word of God daily. Like we cannot stress the importance of this enough. Because it is a living word. Jesus dwells in this word. And so when you open it up and you begin to read this word by faith, and especially if we start in the New Testament, because I'm like, I'd say, read this, and it's like, look at that book you're holding. How many pages is that? People get overwhelmed. So this is why we're going to chunk it down a little bit and start in the New Testament, because we do live under the new covenant. But everything in the old covenant gets fulfilled in the new, but we'll get back to the old. It's just that we're going to start with the new. And that one habit... Changed the trajectory of our life. It changed our family life because it led to changes in our thinking. It led to changes in my worldview, the way I saw people. It led to changes in the choices that I made, the decisions that I had made of what, how to treat my kids, how to treat my husband, how to, what to do with my money. It led us to other good habits then along the way that were kept drawing us more and more into the will of God. It had a domino effect. Because sometimes it could start really small. (laughs) What do you think reading the Bible? Is it that important? It's that important. Because it starts small, that little domino. But it's amazing what one little domino lined up can knock over at the end of a trail. It has the power to do that. And so this is a quote from Sean Covey who's written a lot about these things. It says, Our habits will make us or break us. We become... What we repeatedly do. This is so important for us to actually take a look at our life. And I think it's good at the beginning of the year to do this. Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. And since our life is in Christ. Our life in Christ is a lifelong journey. Right? Don't think of it as a sprint. (laughs) It's a marathon. (laughs) And I've never done a marathon But after walking with God for 35 years, you realize it's gonna. It takes some patience. It takes perseverance. It takes this spirit of endurance on the inside of you, to stay on the to get on the path and even stay on the path. Okay. So I titled this message like "You in five years." Who do you want to be in five years? Have you ever thought about it? Sometimes we just let life happen and happen and happen, and then we look at our life and go, "How did I get here?" It's like. Well, our habits are bringing us to where we are. Who do you want to be in five years? Because it's easy to start out with a bang, right? And we go hard for it, for a little. It's like the New Year's resolutions. They say over 90% of them never come to any fruition. Like by the end of January, you're all fizzled out. <laughs> People go to the gym. all oh, the gym's so crowded. Now in January, it's like the owner's like, take it easy. By the end of January, you'll have your gym back. <laughs> People won't be here. So we have to remind ourselves, okay, I'm in this for the long haul. You are in this with Christ, with Jesus for the long haul. And our prob- we have to have this mindset because our problem is, if we don't see immediate results, we tend to get discouraged and quit right? We have to remember the word, this, these words, he likens it to like seeds, all right? So seed, what do you do with a natural seed? You've got to get the soil ready, and then you've got to plant the seed, and then you have to water the seed. It stays under the ground for a long time. Sometimes it looks like nothing's happening. I mean, if you plant a tomato seed You know, at the end of May, Memorial Day, you still don't have any tomatoes July 4th. You're like, you might have some little hard green thing starting. (laughs) But time is involved in our walk with God. And the trouble is so many of us have this tragically like short attention span. And so this character trait of sticking with it is evaporating from our culture. Because, and I, and I think sometimes the younger generation may have this tendency, like you jump ship the moment you're not happy anymore. Well, I thought this was going to just be so cool. And then it's like, it doesn't feel fun anymore. So I'm out of here. You jump ship the moment, you know, you're not ecstatic anymore. It doesn't feel good anymore. It's too hard Why do I have to work eight hours a day, right? I'm bored. I quit. This is happening in our workforce. It's just too hard. I don't feel valued enough. I mean, a lot of these things will make us jump ship and quit and give up. We just don't stay with things long enough, with stuff long enough to see the significant impact That it can have. Like take exercise for instance. Like it's the new year. A lot of people are like. I'm going to get in shape. Or I'm going to lose some weight. And I'm going to walk on that treadmill. Three times a week. And you go for it. Or I'm going to go to the gym. You know. And I'm going to work out. And you go for it. You do it three times a week. And then. You get on the scale. At the end of the week. And for some reason. You gain two pounds. Could be water weight. I don't know. But it's like. Oh. I thought this exercise stuff. Is supposed to work. It's like. So you grab your bag of chips, you're back to the couch. It's like, no, you didn't stick with it long enough. (laughs) Or you read, you start reading this U-version Bible plan. And you're reading it for five days straight. And then you get in the car on Sunday and you're driving with your kids to church and you're yelling at them the whole time. Ah! And you're like, see, I thought you said this Bible stuff is supposed to change my life. It's like, forget it. I told you, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't even bother reading the Bible. Where, like, you decide, I'm going to give more. Like, I, God's been prompting me to be more generous. Trust him with my money, like what Pastor Ben was saying. Give more financially. And so you, you decide to. It's like, I'm going to give to the work of the church, the, the kingdom of God, or I'm just going to be generous and help people. I feel like God's put it on my heart to help somebody give financially. And you do. And then before you know it, your car breaks down, Right. You, yeah, or some of this happens on your job. And you're like, see, I knew it. I knew it. Like, I knew this would happen to me. I, I risked everything, and look what happened. And so, like, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're holding on tighter than ever before with your money. Here's the problem. The problem is because we didn't see instant enough results. We just wrongly make conclusions. It's like, well... That's small. It was a good little habit. It was a God-honoring habit, but we draw this conclusion like it didn't work. And so it's not worth me, you know, it's not, it actually won't even make that big of a difference in my life. But, you know, and you take the flip side of this, because we could wrongly conclude on the bad side of this, too, that The habit of doing not so good things. We could tell our, we could just, because we don't see instant bad results, we can think it doesn't really matter that I'm doing this. I mean, you could go and play video games for three hours. You know, and if you're married, your wife might not be too happy. But she doesn't leave you. And so you're like, it doesn't really matter that much. You're not realizing that that behavior is... Building towards a not-so-good outcome in your life. Or you start to just skip church. A few weekends here, a few weekends there. More skipping, more skipping. And your whole world doesn't seem to fall apart. Spiritually, you feel like, nothing tragic happened to me. And so you can tell yourself in your mind, it doesn't really matter if I go to church all the time. What does it matter? Or, you know, you could eat... A third of a box of chocolates. We just got through with Christmas, right? (laughs) You could eat a third of a box of chocolates. (laughs) And then you get on the scale and you didn't. Everything looks the same. You're like, hey, this isn't so bad. And so it's like you go for the next third part of the box of chocolates, right? Because you didn't see something instant happen. But we can make the wrong conclusions then. In your mind, what you're telling yourself is these small little decisions on my habits, good or bad, aren't going to really make that much difference because I didn't see anything instant happen. But when you think like that, when you think like that, you miss the truth. Of what really has the potential to impact your life in a massive way. Because, and this is it, this is on the screen, our life is the sum total of all the decisions that we're making. Your life is the sum total. My life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we've, I've made along the way or that you've made along the way. So, who you are today, who you are today, is to a certain extent, even the relational things happening around you, is a result of all these single, small decisions that you've made along the way. And so, let's consider in the past five years, all right, that, that was certainly made up of a lot of thoughts. <laughs> you know a lot of choices in your life a lot of decisions in your life took you to where you are today and in the end you could see that they do all matter and they all add up over time <laughs> into the person that you are our life is the sum total of all the decisions that we've made and so the reality is this that in the in five in you in 5 years is going to be the result of Going forward like your daily future habits. And the good news is you can change them. Right? You can change your habits. You can change your priorities. You can change your choices that you're making now. So just stop for a moment and go back. Let's go back five years from now. And and then see yourself today. Go back five years. See yourself today. When you go back five years and then you look forward to yourself today. You judge yourself. This is really the only people we should judge is ourselves. Scripture says, (laughs) examine yourself. See if you're in the faith. What kind of person have you become in the last five years? It's necessary for us to do this, because sometimes we just make resolutions. We're going forward, forward, forward. It's like, well, let's just take, let's have some hindsight about our life. Are you becoming the person that you hoped you would be? Uh, And for the people that would say, well, I'm a follower of Christ... And I know some of you have just started out, and so you've got you know, your days ahead. This is a good message for you because you could go, I can start some habits, God-honoring habits, and ask me in a year how my life is. But for those of us who've been walking with Christ for, if you've been walking with him for some years, you look back and you think to myself, if I'm a Christian, we can judge ourselves how? What's the best way to, to actually examine yourself? I think it's by the fruit of the Spirit. Because it says in Galatians, if we're walking in the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about these, the fruit of the Spirit then in our life is what? Love, joy, peace, yeah, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Well, is there a little bit more of that in my life? Are you more loving? Do you, is there a little bit more kindness that you see coming out of you? More peaceful? Are you more content? You know, whether you have, like Paul, a lot or a little. Do things rile you up as much? Or are you getting more patient? Do you have more self-control against sin in your life? Or you look at your life in the past five years, it's like, eh, I don't know, I still just pretty much fly off the handle the way I always did. <laughs> Same critical spirit that I always have had. Same struggles with the same fears and anxieties. Sometimes that's the case. I mean, you could, still, you could come to church, you could hear a message, but if you don't apply it in your life, you should not wonder, wonder why this is happening. It's because we have to be a doer of... The Holy Spirit will prompt you today. I'm convinced of it because when you preach the word of God, the Holy Spirit's here to teach So how has my character, how has your character changed in the last, in the past five years? For the better, I hope. I hope for the better. I mean, do you feel like you're more connected to God? You know him a little more intimately. You're obeying him a little quicker in your life? Or are you... Drifting, do you feel like, I'm just sort of neutral, and there really isn't any neutral place with God? You kind of, you're back, you're going backwards. You don't realize it, but you've missed opportunities where you could have grown. You know, Are you, do you feel like, I'm a better mom? I'm a better dad, a little bit. I'm a better husband. I'm a better wife. I'm a better son or daughter, a friend. I'm a better friend because of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. If you've changed for the better, and I hope that you have, uh, it's because you did it, or you are doing something different in your life. <laughs> That's how it happens. <laughs> Some good little, I would say, God-honoring habit has been changing your life. How many of you could look back on your life and realize that? It's like, you know, this actually has changed my life. Coming to church and listening and applying has How many would you would say that? Some of you are new to the church, but it's like, it's changing your life. Yeah. Our daily little habits matter. They matter a lot. I look at this quote. I think this is so good. This is by Craig Rochelle. He said this, it's often, he's a pastor. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. I and mean, we all want these big things to happen in our life. And, and, and you know, sometimes we can look at another person's life and go, man, I wish I had the kind of marriage they had. Or I wish I had the kind of spiritual walk they had. Or I wish their, my family life was like that, their family life. Or I wish I was financially successful like, like it looks like they are. But I can tell you if someone's marriage is thriving or someone's spiritual walk is thriving and they're growing closer to God or their family life looks like that, or they're prospering financially. They're not in, like, rich dad, poor dad, a million dollars in debt or whatever that was good. (laughs) I can tell you that that person behind the scenes has been making an effort to do something consistently, to live out some daily, and I put this this way, God-honoring disciplines in their life. Behind the scenes where nobody sees, because sometimes you could just see people here and we can discern some, you know, we make judgments, but you don't see what people do in their daily walk with God that produces that in their life. Disciplines that help us to grow closer to God. Or we could do do bad disciplines, if you will, go the opposite way that are going to just Little by little, take us away from God. And it's often just the small things that no one sees that you're doing that result in the bigger things in our life that, that, that we all want. You know, we all want to be successful. We all want to be prosperous. We all want to be, feel like we're blessed by God. But we have to do some things different. You know, here's another way to look at it. This is another statement, just the ways and the habits that we repeatedly let into our lives will surely at some point get set into our lives, all right? The habits that we let in, that we keep doing, will get set in, all right? And I think it it sort of reminds me of like when your mom, maybe your mom told you this when you were young, quit making that face, quit making those faces at each other, because if you keep making those faces at each other, it's going to get stuck that way, Right? <laughs> you know, it's going to get stuck that way. You know, and I suppose there's almost actually a science behind it because we do develop smile lines and laugh lines and wrinkles and frown lines. Depending on the sort of the more constant look on your face, it, things can get stuck. And so I think sometimes people feel like, you know, they, they're stuck in the life that they have. I'm stuck. And you might feel like you got stuck from your childhood, like I was dealt a bad hand. And you may have been born into a situation that you didn't choose and that was hard and that you feel like you were stuck in. It caused you a lot of pain, caused you a lot of hurt, caused you a lot of sorrow. But the good news is this when we come to Christ, only you have the power to let your past keep you stuck. Right? And dictate your future. Because the, the, if you, the life that you're, you find yourself in or get stuck in is actually a result of the life that you're creating. But by the help and power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, you have power on the inside of you to change it. Amen. That's really good news. You know, that, that when we come to Christ, he promises our life to be transformed. Transformation. Of our life. He does say it comes by the renewing of our mind. See this is all part of it. It's like well by the renewing of our mind. We will prove God's will for our life. So it's not as though I come to Christ. You know just lay it on me Lord. Like let it drop on me. (laughs) No it takes effort to get our mind renewed. With the word of God. And by the grace of God we can do it. Look what this says. 2 Corinthians 5 17 18. We talk about this verse a lot in this church. Because this defines your identity. If we don't know who we are, then we don't even know how we're supposed to change. But this says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself. You, if you've given your life to Christ... You're a new creation on the inside. God is, the Holy Spirit dwells the inside of you. Pastor Ben was just exhorting about that right here after, after worship. And so reconciliation with God, he reconciled us to himself. That means he wiped the slate clean of your sin and your past. He's given you a whole new beginning with him. He has a plan for your life, and he has good works for you to do for him. This was, for me, 35 years ago when I discovered this. I thought, oh, my Lord, like, Lord, truly, where have I been I thought I was just supposed to figure out life on my own. Just go to, go to college is what I, my plan was. And you're going to make some money. And you're going to be able to support yourself and get married and do all the things. Take your vacations and just kind of run that treadmill. But it was like the Lord has a plan for your life. A plan and purpose from the foundation of the world for your life. That ought to excite you. You don't have to walk through life purposeless and without meaning and wondering, why am I here? If we seek him, we will find him. If we search for him with all of our heart. And so when he, when he saved us, that forgiveness of sin wiped the slate clean. It made you holy. It made you righteous. He gave you his very own righteousness, which means perfection. I know we aren't in the natural. We are not perfect people. We're on our way. And actually, that has to do with sanctification. After we're born again, then God takes us on this journey of sanctification. And that's really the purpose that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of you. You know, sometimes we think, I get saved, and I don't, I don't know what we... I didn't understand this at first until we, we... I read Romans 8, and I heard it, and I heard it. And it was like, God's intention for you is to become more like Jesus, that's the whole purpose. No, you know, no, no matter what job situation you find yourself in or where you live, the same purpose is there for you, to learn to become more like Jesus. And I think some of us have not realized that yet. We think, well, I come to Christ and it's just that he's going to help my marriage and he's going to, you know, help me get stable and I'll be healing and all these things. And that's kind of part of it. But in the midst of all of it, he's wanting us to become more like his son. That's a big goal. Look at, look at this, Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29 says this, For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus is our brother. And you and I are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's going to take place in how we think, what our priorities are, how we respond to people, our choices, our habits. So giving your life to Christ is really this lifelong journey that we use the word sanctification. Like it's a salvation happens. And then sometimes we think, well, salvation just means that when I die, I go to heaven. Well, that's, you know, yeah, it's not just a ticket to heaven you shove in your back pocket, and now I just live the way I want. In the meantime, between salvation and stepping off into eternal glory with Christ is this work of journey of sanctification, right? What's sanctification mean? It's a big word, right? (laughs) It's basically... Yes, that you're going to, God is going to take you on a walk with him, you know, to draw you more into his perfect will in your life. This is why we say, look back five years. Are you a little bit more into the will of God five years later? That's what we want. We want to know him more. We want to trust him more. We want to feel like I am, you know, it doesn't have all the answers necessarily, but I feel like I'm in the will of God. That's a safe place. And so this journey of sanctification, like the, the Holy Spirit is helping us to do this if we cooperate with him. If we cooperate with him so that we could think more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, be more like Jesus to the world. The world needs to see people who say they're Christians that actually are and act and do as a Christian. See, but it's going to take cooperation to do that. Okay, for God to do this in our life, it is going to take some cooperation. We are partners with God. And but he's the senior partner, (laughs) you know, he's the boss. boss, That's right. And so he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So when you're partnered with me, he's we are going to go his direction. All right. Because sometimes we think, I I asked Jesus to come into my life, and we think he's coming into our life, and we're going to take him our way. (laughs) It goes the other way. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our our ways. We're invited into the Holy Trinity. That takes it up a notch, right? Quite a notch. (laughs) So it's going to involve, transformation is going to involve... New ways of thinking. We're going to to be learning to think like Christ, and which takes us into new ways of believing. My beliefs change. My worldview changes. The way I see people changes. And then, of course, my behaviors, my habits change. It just makes sense, doesn't it? If I really want to be like Jesus, he's going to say, well, start doing this and see what happens. And stick with it for a while. (laughs) Don't quit just because you got bored or somebody made you mad or... Just do it because I said do it. It's in the word, right? And see, the thing is, transformation doesn't happen overnight. This is why like you in five years is appropriate because transformation doesn't just burst in the scene of our life. Well, I came to church for a week, a month, six months, and everything's different. It doesn't happen that way. Anybody who's walked with Christ for any length of time would say, some things take long seasons, right? It happens slowly as we consistently stick with good habits that are drawing us closer to Christ. What we habitually choose to think on, what I'm habitually talking like in my everyday life, it matters. Who we habitually hang out with matters. Your friends will either... Take you higher or take you lower. You know, we can, you can be corrupted. You know, good morals can be corrupted by bad companions, it says. And so we want to hang out with the right people. The habitual places that you go are making a difference in your life. What we are habitually listening to are like seeds going down inside of your heart. What do you do with your habit, habitually with your spare time? not to really ask that they just stare at their phone and scroll. <laughs> right? Habits, habits, habits. The habits you have today, the habits you have today will shape who you will become tomorrow. What habits do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Think about it. Because your future, my future is in some Mysterious thing. People will again say, like, how did I end up here? As though you were just put on some mysterious conveyor belt of life, and it just moved you along to some unwanted destination. It's like, here's where your life is going to go. No, you have a choice of where your life goes, especially knowing Jesus. God's given you free will. He's given you a choice to choose. He told us that in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the people of Israel. I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he gives us a big clue. Choose what? Choose life. And so we have to choose life-giving habits, okay? And the smallest of habits done consistently And you stick with it are are of infinite importance. I I think, well, like in five years with determination, like you could decide, well, I'm going to go back and get a college degree. You could do a lot of good things. You could, you could learn a new instrument, right? You know, you could learn a new language in five years. You could read 50 books in five years. All these things are good things to do. But in the next five years, you could also radically transform your soul. And grow closer to God than ever before. Isn't that an awesome thought? And it just begins by choosing one habit. Choose something. One God honoring habit and stick with it. Say like, so what about reading the Bible? That would be my greatest encouragement to you. If you're going to choose one thing. Read the Bible. Join with us. In this New Testament, and it's, it'll take us even less than a year. And, and there's explanations along the way to help you understand so you can apply it in your life. You know, a bunch of head knowledge up here is not going to do you any good <laughs> until it becomes real. This is why I like our mission. You want to experience this life. God wants to see and he, he's designed transformation in your life, and your kid's life. And it can sound daunting, but like I said, the New Testament is a smaller chunk than the Old Testament. What could happen to you in a year if you feel like, you know, the things that I've read in, the, in uh, who I am in Christ and I'm a new creation. It's going to give you power to say no to sin in your life. When you are tempted along lines to go down a, a, a path. Or hang out with friends that, you know, this is not going to take me to a good place. You're going to sense the leading of the Holy Spirit stronger. And then he'll give you power. I mean, it's the conviction that he's saying, don't go there. Of course, it's still your choice. You could still just ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we're wise people, right? (laughs) We're wise people. God lives on the inside of us. And he promised, you know, that if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. And he says, if you ask and you seek and you knock, he will open the door. What could happen in your life this year if you would just begin one new habit? Let's say you sought God in prayer. And I do believe that this, this church, we need to be more of a praying people. We do need to be more of a praying people. When you come into our prayer meetings, this, there's the presence of the Holy Spirit is different than on a Sunday morning. And he, it's a way for us to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, quiet ourselves. We don't have enough silence in our life. And it's not as though the prayer times are all silent. They're not. There's this subtle instrumental music that just plays in the background. Because I do believe that helps us to just keep our mind focused as we pray. And then the word of God begins to work inside of our heart. And from one person to another person, you be, things, things have been revealed to us in prayer that sometimes I just think, Oh Lord, I wish the whole church could have been here to hear. The people that come to prayer, would you agree? You think there are things the Holy Spirit... Is saying in times of prayer that you all are missing out on. And sometimes these are missing pieces. I talk about habits, you know, I think to myself in my own life, like when we began, it was like we never missed it. And this is not to tout and make myself sound like some kind of super spiritual person, it's just the habit. It was like we didn't miss a church service. (laughs) You know, we, we went to a prayer meeting, if there was prayer. We wanted everything God had for us. And we knew that if I would put myself in that atmosphere, he's going to do something. But if we don't take ourselves into the atmosphere where he is, we miss out. And you don't know that you're missing out. I think that all the time. I mean, when I drive down the street on a Sunday morning in the summer saying, I see my neighbors who I know are, would say they're Christian. Sitting on their front porch, never go to church. And I think, they don't realize what they're missing. They think you're deceived because you think, I'm not missing anything. You don't know what you're, how would you know until you come for a year? And then you could look back and go, oh my gosh, I would not have known any of this. So these things are so important to us. What could happen in your life if you'll stick with what the Holy Spirit is saying to do? And he's not going to dump everything on you at once. If you, if, you do, if you just come to church, maybe reading the Bible seems too much. Well, then just come to church and hang out with people of faith. And don't run out at the end of the service. Like Learn to talk to people a little bit. Learn to share your life a little bit. That's a habit. And you pretty soon you're going to find out... These people are like me, and I'm like them. And they have struggles. And they'll pray for me, and they'll help me and encourage me. We have to break our barriers. We have to break our barriers. You know, and then I think, I didn't talk about this really in the message, but our, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Maybe a new God-honoring habit would be to pay more attention and take care of it this year. Oops, I know, stepping on toes. like... <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I mean, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I listened to this internal medicine doctor. And he was saying about, if you do no walking at all, because he was talking about people that are 60 and over. You know, if you do no walking at all, he said, if you would just do 15 minutes of walking a day, you are benefiting your life. You are actually helping your metabolism to, ben- to benefit. 15 minutes, you could spare 15 minutes. So I think sometimes we start out too big. It's like, I want the big goal. It's like, well, start small. Do 15, and maybe pretty soon you're going to feel like, you know what? I want to go 30. And then after 30, you might go more. And you might feel like, I'm actually looking forward to this. Because it clears your mind, and it's starting to make yourself feel better. But you got to stick with it before you see some of those things happen. And, of course, this doctor also talks about sugar. What if you just made, if you're thinking, like, what if you just made a habit? Like, I'm just going to make an effort to decrease the amount of sugar. I'm not saying cut it all out. I'm just saying watch how much sugar you have in a day. And if you start actually to look these things up, you, you realize sugar could really be a kind of poison in our body. I mean, believe me, I like desserts. I eat chocolate. Don't think that I'm some kind of purist. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sugar is in everything. It's in every packaged food. I mean, it's in your spaghetti sauces. It's, it's in your soup mixes. The other day, I made a soup mix for, I bought a chicken noodle soup mix, which I never buy, but I did it for a quick thing to have when my grandkids were there. Well, they never used it. And when he started not feeling good, I thought, I'm going to make this chicken soup. And I didn't read I, I'm a ingredient reader, but I wasn't paying that much close of attention when I bought this because whenever I made it, it all it tasted all good, but it, it had this sugar taste to it. And sure enough, on the back of the package, you know, about four or five ingredients down, it was like sugar or fructose or whatever it was, and thought I say this to say <laughs> we do need to pay attention to our diet. I'd like to do a series sometimes on eating well, because I do believe that our temple, you know, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should take care of our temple. And, you know, with exercise and just how we eat, you become eventually, you know, a product of even your eating. Or maybe the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about smoking or alcohol. How much alcohol? These things are important for us to pay attention to because God is giving us, like you in five years, he wants you in five years to be healthier and walking closer with him. But it starts now in these little adjustments. So let's make 24 the start of some new ways, okay? Scripture in Isaiah tells us that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, that they're higher than our ways, and God has his ways, obviously, but you have your ways too, right? I have my ways. And the, the Lord is this perfect gentleman. He's not going to force his plan on your life. You have to want his plan. You have to want to, do you want his plan? Just, do you, you, know, you have to tell him that. We, this is how we cooperate with him. This is how we commune with him. Tell him, I want your plan for my life. And so ask him, what's, some, what's one new habit? What's new habit? What's one new habit you could commit to in 2024 that'll draw you closer to the Lord? Reading the Bible, I'm going to say it again in a systematic way because we have to actually understand the whole context. We can't take one scripture and one scripture. That can be a little bit helpful, but we must understand the whole concept, the whole picture. Coming to church every week. No skips. Coming to prayer. If the Lord's like, I I want you to go to prayer. And I understand that not everybody's work schedule can tolerate this. But I think we give ourselves sometimes too much leeway. Too many choices. I remember hearing Joyce Meyer say this a long time ago. And it's always stuck with me. She'll say, you know, that people will say, well, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll be there. I'll try and come she said you're not going to go because you need determination you need to know i need to do this and it's that discipline to obey and if when you realize you're obeying the holy spirit you could trust something good's going to happen in your life just stick with it just stick with it so father i'm going to pray here at the end father help us we want to be more like your son jesus help us lord Do a work in our heart, God. I pray you stir up your church, Lord. Stir up this church, God, to have and live by greater goals in our life, to see our future and to know that in Christ things can and will get better. Help us, Lord, to be people that have greater goals and not be satisfied with just the mediocre. Not settle for just this, not even the goals, you know, that we could say, not the goals that the world might give us, but we want to be all that you've called us to be. In five years, Lord, we want to look back and we want to talk and act and be more like you. I pray you would ask God and just say, I want, God, I want your will for my life. I want to be who you made me to be. Show me. Show me the way. Make that a prayer. I want your will for my life, Lord. I want to be who you, you made me to be. Make it your prayer that you're going to seek God. You're going to listen to him. You want to become who he wants you to become. He's going to give us the grace and power to do it. And so we want to see ourselves years from now. This is, Lord, I want to be closer to you. I want to know you more. I want to be a bolder witness for you. I want my life to, to show more humility. Help us, Jesus, to be more like you. Help us, Father, to be more like your son, Jesus. Because if I'm like him, then my life is more full of love. My life is more full of grace. My life is more full of truth. And I'm going to reflect the love of God to the people in the world, the people around me in a greater way. Jesus, we want to be like you. We Thank you, Father, for conforming us to your image and your likeness. Lord, because when I know who I am in you, then it's going to change the things that I do. When my identity is wrapped up in you, it's going to change the things that I do. We worship you. one thing. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's the one thing the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Hold on to it. He'll give you power to do it and your life. In one year, one year from now, won't even take five years. One year from now, you're going to look back and go, wow, that has changed my life so much for the better. And if you're here this morning, you know we're talking about life transformation and you wonder did i ever really ever give my life to christ i want to just give you an opportunity to do that because salvation is a gift salvation isn't something that you earn that you try to be good enough and righteous enough before god you'll never none of us will ever be good enough to deserve the gift of salvation and eternal life and so jesus died on a cross He took the penalty for the sin sin of the world so that you could have a relationship with him. But it takes, again, a response, cooperation. Do you believe that? And if you do believe that and you want to receive that gift of salvation, then I'd ask you to just raise your hand. All raising the hand is just saying, yes, God. And if you feel like, you know, if I do this, my heart is pounding Something's happening on the inside of me. I'm scared. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come to me. Come to me. Don't be afraid. I love you with an everlasting love. And so I want to give you a moment to just accept Christ as your Savior. Anybody. And at the chance that someone's listening online and wants to give their life to Christ, let's just pray this prayer together. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. I give my life to you. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.